supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Multimedia overload tonight. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. Science advisor Matt Moniz is up in New Hampshire uh, at part of the Beyond Reality event at the Mount Washington Hotel. And uh, Jeff Belanger and Mike Brody will be joining us from New Hampshire in just a few seconds. If, as long as we have everything working out, uh, technically speaking. And it's amazing, isn't it, Matt, how we can pull together some of these ideas in such short time. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of fly by the seat of our pants anyway. We, we definitely are... Uh, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're testing our uh, technological fortitude. And and also, you, you keep raising your sound and I have to keep dropping mine. Because uh, I'm trying to run the recording too over here at the same time. This is great. Uh, now I know what this it's is, like to be this you. This is why we need an intern. <laughs> we need like five interns. For what we're trying to do here tonight. All right, let me run down for everybody how it's going to work. Uh, if you want to be involved in the multimedia extravaganza that is Spooky South Coast tonight. Now, first of all, we talk about the paranormal, which uh, that that's probably the first thing we should mention for people that aren't familiar with the program. We're here every Saturday night talking about the paranormal, but uh, we're also trying a whole variety of new things tonight. Um, we have the Spooky South Coast uh, live stream on WBSM.com and on SpookySouthCoast.com. You know, if you're listening on the radio right now and you're about to go into the house and you want to listen live on your computer, you can do so that way. If you want to see what's going on in the studio, we have Spooky South Coast TV is back tonight. It's uh, We, we did it, like, what, once in, like, November? And yeah, it, it uh, didn't, go, didn't go over so well. No, and then my uh, laptop kind of crapped out, and yeah. now... Now I finally have a new one, and it has an integrated webcam, so we said, let's give it another try. So here we are, Spooky South Coast TV, if you want to check it out. The link is up on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. It is. And you can also go to Justin.tv slash SpookySouthCoast. And if you go there, you'll be able to see it as well. And all you're going to see right now is myself in front of the glorious WBSM logo that we have here in the studio. And maybe during the news break, we'll be able to shift it around a little bit so you can see Matt Costa on the show. But Matt, feel free to... You know, just slide over here from time to time. See, he's really here. Uh, so there's uh, that way you can also join us as well. And, of course, the good old-fashioned way, over the radio. Now, that technology aside, now we're going to try and connect with Jeff and Mike in New Hampshire. And we're going to try and, through the magic of, of computers and technology, we're going to try and make it sound like we're all in the same room. And it may just work. So let's give it a try. Can you hear us, guys? Guys, we can hear you just fine. Oh my gosh, it works! It works yes, it does. Well. And it does sound like you're in the very same room as us. How do you know we're not? Well, I would usually smell you if you were that close. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, so what's going on? Say up hello, there? Mike Brody. Hello, Mike Brody. Oh hey, how's it going? Hey, great to have you on the show finally. Yeah, thanks for having me. I guess it's the life of a comedian. You don't have a lot of free time on Saturday nights. No, not really. Uh, and and oh. usually you're performing shows, or if not, then you're probably thinking up jokes and you don't have any time for us. I'm either doing shows or I'm up to no good. There you go. 
Yeah. You know what's funny? Like just about every Saturday that I come and uh, join you guys, which has been like once a month for the last several months, I always call Brody and I'm like, oh, it'll be great to just have you pop in, you know, for a couple of minutes. And he's always got a gig. But here he is tonight. That's because you always give me an hour's notice. Well, how much do you <laughs> really need? Uh, an hour and a half. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, and the good thing is, you know, if he has a gig, he's getting paid. Whereas opposed to if he came onto the show, you know, he'd be working for the same thing we pay you, Jeff. Right, but right. the fame and fortune, you can't put a price on that. That's true. Right. Just being associated with Jeff is enough. <laughs> right, payment enough. So uh, just so you guys know, we're in the lobby of the Mount Washington Hotel, the haunted Mount Washington Hotel. There's people walking by with drinks, and uh, hello there. Nice Hi. to see you. Welcome aboard. Um, a lot of people are off investigating tonight, so there's people all over the hotel, and it's really funny because out back where uh, where Matt Moniz is tonight, he's leading the Sky Watch, and it's a beautiful night. It's starry sky. It's really warm out, and it's hysterical because when you go out on this this terrace, you can see the hotel, and you see these flashes going all over the hotel in these dark rooms because that's where all the ghost investigations are going on. So it's really, really funny to be here. But, I mean, it certainly sounds like there's something for everybody. It's not just a ghost event. It's not just a haunting. I mean, it seems like they, they've got enough speakers, enough lectures, and enough events going on to appease all facets of the paranormal. Oh, yeah, like the Nephilim and UFOs, Bigfoot, you name it, it's here. Well, I mean, most of those just follow Moniz around. <laughs> That's so true. He kind of looks like all of those things. <laughs> he, like all wrapped into one. He's like yeah. the perfect paranormal package. It's the only time anybody's ever said Moniz and Perfect Package in the same sentence. (laughs) Mike, we work a little blue here. You know, it's Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. We can get away with it. Awesome. I love it. Like sky blue. Like just (laughs) bluish. But yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Jason and Grant are here from uh, the Ghost Hunter show. Um, Nick Redfern's sitting over there. He's got a drink. We'll try to get his attention in a little bit. And... um, Brendan's here from Ghost Mart. We got uh, Bob Merch, who said he promised he'd stop by. He's uh, he's a Ouija board expert and collector, and uh, he's really an interesting guy. Has has knows all things Ouija, and we'll we'll get him on pretty soon. We're going to start yelling for these folks to just come over. Right there. Psychic Tiff's here. Well, you've had her on, right? Absolutely, and and she's one of our favorite guests. And you do know the first rule of uh, broadcasting live remotes from a from a location, right? People have to bring you drinks. Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Hey, let's see. Psychic Tiff, can you come on Spooky South Coast? We're live right now. Yay, here she comes. She's running over. She's sunshine. She's not really running. She's walking. She's moseying. She's kind of schmoozing. Could you move that so we have a chair? This is great. We couldn't be less prepared. Come on over, Tiff. We should have had you guys run the webcam from, from Moniz's computer. It'd probably be way more interesting than what's going on in here. <laughs> Okay, we just thought of another problem. We don't have headphones for Tiff. Nice. <laughs> Hold on, we're gonna solve this right now. How are we gonna solve this? You two get real close. Okay, Brody and Tiff are gonna get ear to ear. Seriously? This is like, like how like junior Tiff's... high kids share an iPod on the school bus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is. Oh. Which one? This one or this one? No, that one's fine. Yeah. You guys are doing great. Are you guys having people like call in that I'm gonna need to hear? No, but you're gonna need to hear Tim. Tim. Hey, Timmy. Hey, how you doing? You don't have to hear me. I can barely hear you through Brody. Brody's trying to share. He has a really big head. It's a lot better that way. He's trying to share his. Dude, you know what? It's so funny. You have a camera in your studio. We need a camera here because this is so ridiculous. (laughs) We we, we could probably make it happen. So it's bad. So so Tiff, uh, you're you're up there for the second weekend in a row. Were you there last weekend too? You know, I didn't make it up there last weekend. I had a little family emergency that I couldn't make it up there. So, But I was so happy to finally get back up here on Tuesday, so it was good. 
So, choose, so you had plenty of time to, to get out and check out New Hampshire and, and drive around the Granite State and see some of the sites? It was, it's been totally awesome. I haven't seen any moose, though, yeah. So I've been around and about, but um, it hasn't, you know, not a ton. I haven't been to any malls, you know, so, and Tim, you know me, I'm kind of girly. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of them up there, too, but they only sell fireworks and booze. I know, I know. Well, well what are they going to do? Let yeah, me ask, and that, that's probably like the New Hampshire export is fireworks and booze. It no, is just pretty much, yeah. No, that's they have like yeah. fireworks and booze stores right near the border. But my question awesome. to you is, is having your abilities, uh, do you find that in New Hampshire there's a heightened uh, sense of energy because of all that granite, because of the fact that it might be oh. holding in some of that energy? You know, absolutely. I think that that is such a good conduit. And um, we've been having, I, there's, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that hasn't had either a psychic or paranormal experience out here. And, and I would definitely attribute that to being one of the main reasons. Well, if you go too far into the woods, it gets really paranormal. Well, then you seem to find some people dressed up as yetis <laughs> that shall remain nameless. Mike can, I, can I jump in here and tell a story about Tiff? Sure. Oh, my God. Go. Uh, this is uh, I love Tiff to death. Uh, love you, too. And she's, and she's psychic, of course. And <laughs> when you hang out with a psychic person, um, you uh, me personally, I get nervous because I'm afraid. Here's the thing. We were hanging out. Everybody was going to go do something. And they're like, we're going to go. Let's go. Let's go check out this building. And I go, can you just wait like five or ten minutes? Just five. And Sight Tiff goes, uh, you have to poop, right? There's your, my, there it is right in front of everybody. Right there. And she I was right. There. You were right. I know because it stunk up the hall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We're a really classy bunch. That's yes. fine. Tim knows it. us for that. You, you know the show. You know how it I works know. here. I know. I love it. Now, when you're when you're up there and and you're finding all these people that have these experiences, I mean, is is there a high number of people that have abilities like yourself? Are, are you encountering other people that say, "Hey, I think I might have psychic powers as well"? You know, I did a talk this morning. Well, I actually just did a a really big long Q and A this morning. And again, thanks to Jeff for introducing me. God bless his little heart. And um, he, you know, I ha there's been a lot of people that have been asking about things. I think what happens is people, you know, everybody is psychic. Everybody has psychic abilities. Jeff, stop it. He's doing <laughs> rude gestures with the mic. God. Tim, I'm sorry. I already know. I know what you're talking me. about. He does it every month yeah, in here. I know. We know what you mean. He's, he's classy. <laughs> so just funny. a whole bunch of class. Would you guys, now they're, okay, you guys, I'm talking about something serious. I hate you both. Now they're, now they're anyway. Eiffel Towering. Tim, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's I'll, fine. I'll tell you off air what they're doing. But, um, yeah, so I think a lot of people were coming up having psychic experiences but not necessarily classifying themselves as psychic or, you know, putting the shingle out there as a professional psychic, but certainly a lot of sensitive type people out here. And is there, do you, I mean, I'm thinking of the swamp Yankee culture, you know, what the, the type of people that we know <laughs> that really live in New feel? Hampshire. You know, they're not really open people when it comes to sharing things like, I mean, I'm stereotyping, I know, but, you know, the New England culture is to not really talk about things like psychic abilities and psychic feelings. And it's kind of to hold it all in. Is it kind of a sense of relief that they can talk to somebody about it? Or is it kind of just more, uh, you, you know, you get the idea that it's happened to them enough that they're finally comfortable speaking about it? You know, I think it's a combination of so many different things. You have to remember, I come from Minnesota, and God knows if anybody's stoked, we are. And so if I can get people to talk about it up there, I can 
I, I'm pretty certain I can go anywhere and get people to draw out. But yeah, I think it's it's just the like mindedness, whether it be, um, you know, it's just the openness, whether it be somebody that's just open to the paranormal, so they can feel comfortable sharing a psychic experience. It's 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 just it's all good. So I, I'm not seeing that it's um, an issue for anybody. I don't feel like anybody's shy. I am hearing a lot of this is so weird, and I've never told anybody this before, and you're gonna think I'm crazy. But you know, heck, you're talking to a psychic. You know, Tiff, yeah. this is so weird, and you're not going to – you're going to think I'm crazy, but uh, – You are crazy. I'm glad you came over to talk to us. Why? I don't know, because it fills time. It fills time? <laughs> well, well, Tiff, I'll say this. Well, I, I'm looking for the joke. What do you – No, what, I got nothing. You, are, I got nothing. What do you know? <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. I'm I, sorry. I was going to say, I, I mean, you said, you know, people in Minnesota are stoic. I always thought everybody in Minnesota was psychic to begin with. Because don't, uh, they usually, they yeah, usually, they're both here. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, there's only five people there, according to Jeff. Well, they so usually end every right sentence here. with, don't you know? So <laughs> I thought, you want me to do it? Why don't we bust out the Minnesota yeah, do really it, quick? Do no, I don't, I don't, I don't do an okay, accent. I'm, I'm totally clearing my throat. Okay, ready? All right, Guys? All right. I know, I know. Brody, I'm going to take over your show pretty soon. Oh, yeah, don't you know I got to go up to Hugo and make a hot dish. How's that? <laughs> when are you going to do it? When are you going to start? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That was funny. That was really good. <laughs> okay, do a really Boston good. accent. I can't. Uh, yeah. Pack the con, have a yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I can yeah, do. That's all I can that, do. Sounds like, that sounds like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck trying to do a Boston accent. And they're from Boston. <laughs> You know, where's Kristen Gottland when you need her? Yeah, yeah, she's here. Oh, she's <laughs> investigating. She's right investigating now. right now. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just go about 40 or 50 miles further north, and then you'll get into some really weird accents. I love the accents out here. I Well, you know, for those of you that are familiar with Kristen Gottland, she's a dear, dear friend. And But seriously, her accent, she's like a cartoon character. It's so good. It's I, I, I make her say park the car in Harvard. Wicked. Yeah, it's wicked cool. Wicked hot to park wicked the car. Wicked hot. Yeah. She, she, so does, she does say wicked quite a bit, too. I know. And, I, and you know, when I hang out with her, it comes out yeah, for the next week and a half. Everything's wicked. wicked. I know. And it's usually followed by another word that you can't say on the air. So yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll censor that, but, you know, you can guess. So, I'm Tiff, sure. Tiff how's, the, how's the reality uh, website going? How's trying to get cast into some of those shows? How'd that end up working out? Oh, God. God bless your heart. That's right. That was the last time we talked all about that. Um, you know, it, 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 funny enough, um, about two days after that thing closed, which I th- I mean, honest to God, Tim, and I told you this on air when I was on last time, but um, I, did he- I haven't heard anything from that in particular, but like two days after the voting closed, um, uh, another, another production company, which I don't think I should mention. Don't mention. Okay, thanks, Jeff. I was looking to him for when guidance there. Yeah, yeah. And um, they called me for a, a pilot, and so I've been working with them, and we'll see where that goes. Beautiful. All right, well, definitely yeah. keep us up to date on that so, because, you know, we if it's one thing we love, it's pilots. We love when we get our hopes <laughs> up for a series, <laughs> and then it never goes anywhere. So let's hope yours I does. Know. Oh, thank you, honey. It's yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, I have this mysterious project that I can't yeah, talk right. about. I sound like a total douchebag when I say that, but that's can we right. say that on the air? You can say that word on the air. Oh, right, I do good. radio like all the time. Okay, good. I well, thank, I we didn't know, so that. now we know. Yeah, that's one of my favorite words. <laughs> well, that's cool. I hold on. Brody has the question. Uh, when you are on the radio, are you usually this close to a moose head? <laughs> it's right over there. We are we are just a scant few yards from a uh, a moose head that's mounted over the fireplace here. It's a big it moose head. It is a head. big moose head. Well, yeah. Tiff, the, um, typically, no, no. It's I think I think that in and of itself is paranormal. Tiff, do it's you know normal. the uh, do you know the no, difference? No, I know. It, that's beyond normal. What, Timmy? Do you know the difference between Minnesota and New Hampshire? 
<laughs> Go ahead. Oh, God. In, no. In, in Minnesota, Moosehead is a beer. In New Hampshire, it's a misdemeanor. <laughs> Brody, you can Show use that one in your act if you want. <laughs> Welcome to the final edition of Spooky South Coast. <laughs> right, yeah. We're definitely working blue tonight. Nice. Oh man. Good. Well I, Tim, I know you miss me? I, oh, I do miss you. I wish I wish you were here in studio. It's been a while and, and we haven't had I you know. in here and I know that you've been busy, but it's been too long. I know. I miss your scent. He's been making kissy faces at you while you've been talking. Oh, That's now fine. he's licking the mic. Uh, you know, if he could tune into justin.tv slash Bookie South Coast, he could stare at me longingly. Yeah, I don't think we can afford any extra No, no, don't, don't with, waste uh, any bandwidth on, on, on that one. But. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, glad so. that, uh, I'm glad that things are working out so smoothly here and that uh, we're actually able to connect with you. But I think we need to take a risk of not having it happen again and take a commercial break. All right. We're, keep your fingers night. keep your fingers crossed that it'll work out all right, but we have to pay some bills. When we come back, we'll talk more with Jeff and Mike up in New Hampshire at the Beyond Reality event, and they'll see if they can grab some people, and they'll tell us thanks, about what's you, going Tiff. on. And thank you, Tiffany, so much. Aw, <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. And and we hope to talk to you again real soon. I look forward to Tim. All right, Matt, if you're ready, let's roll some commercials. We'll be just we'll be back in just a few here on Spooky South Coast. It blew books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. This looks extraordinarily bad. <laughs> all right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. And we are talking with Jeff Belanger and Mike Brody, who are up in New Hampshire. They're co-hosting the show remotely from the beautiful Mount Washington Hotel. And uh, hopefully we didn't lose them during the commercial break. You still there, guys? We're still here. Can you hear us? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Can you hear us? I can hear you. We Ooh, can hear you. Technology is wonderful. And I was able to switch the camera on Justin TV slash Bookie South Coast uh, to be able to show Matt Costa. So Matt and I can wave to the nice people. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Matt. How's it going? This this is crazy. Hey man, can't see it, but I know you're there. This is crazy. Good. This this. Good. Hey, we're we're trying something a little different here, so hopefully this works out. We just dragged over another victim, Father Andrew Calder, up from uh, Georgia. Excellent. Up here to the great state of uh of uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> I'm like, where the hell are we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Father Andrew, uh, big big into demonology, right? And and what's great story, right? You started as a paranormal investigator and then went to clergy, right? Right. I started off as a paranormal investigator investigating mom-and-pop ghost hauntings like a lot of the ghost investigators. And over the years, I found out that a lot of, more than a higher than average percentage of what I was getting was people that was dealing with the more darker, scarier type stuff than just, you know, footsteps in the night, things of this nature. And so eventually, after working a number of cases, getting involved with clergy and so forth, found my calling and got ordained myself and now work directly, you know, doing intervention with clients myself and right. have, have worked with cases all across America, Canada, England, Ireland, um, Scotland, all around the world. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, and I just think it's really interesting. I, I don't know anyone else that started as an investigator and went to clergy. I mean, it's, hey, do you know any clergy that has started investigating? There's beginning to be a few out there that's yeah. beginning to get into the field because they are, you know, interested in, what goes on after life 
Right. Um, it's, it's a growing thing. I wouldn't say there's a lot out there, but there is some. And I gotta believe. I mean, let's be honest here. Wouldn't demonology be good for business? I mean, you gotta you gotta put butts in seats on Sunday, and uh, you know, a little fire and brimstone now and again doesn't that help? Uh, well, I have to admit, I'm not one that preaches in the pulpit. So, all right, you know, that's that's not my business. My business is working with the people out in the field. So, I'm not one to sit in the, or stand in the pulpit and preach the to the choir and everything like that. <laughs> I'm more the one to put do hands-on type stuff. Yeah, right, fair enough. Good stuff, uh, Father yeah, Andrew. No, I'm, uh, uh, this is Tim Weisberg here back in the studio, but uh, I have a question for you regarding the the increased number of cases that you dealt with that seemed to be something darker. Some investigators would tell you that, you know, a, a demonology case is extremely rare. Others will tell you that it's actually on the increase. Do you think that it kind of almost brings in a certain type of investigator just by the nature of, of what the dark force is trying to accomplish do you think certain investigators are drawn to these cases and certain ones just naturally stay away from them well i hate to be the naysayer here this is not a realm for every investigator out there you know it, it does take a certain person to work in this realm because there are repercussions for the investigator getting involved with this working with the families and the clients so this is not for everybody there seems to be a growing trend out there that everybody thinks they got to have a demonologist on their team, mm -hmm. you know, with a big D around their neck and they're a <laughs> demonologist, or they read a book about this type of field and suddenly they're an expert, or they suffer a haunting themselves, and then suddenly they, they're an expert on the field, which I'm sorry, just because you suffer a demonic haunting does not make you an expert in the field. You know, it takes academic learning. It takes in-the-field learning. It also takes... It takes some mentoring with someone that's been in the field for a while that knows what they're doing and been there and done that as well. And isn't it important to watch at least a couple episodes of some of the TV shows? I'm sure, <laughs> sure. You know, hey, watch a, you know, a couple shows of The Exorcist and everything else. You're good yeah, to, you're, you're good, good to go. go. You're right. That's a, that's what I do. I'm actually a Satanologist. I because uh, demonologists are wimps. No offense. I mean, seriously, but I don't get out of bed for anything less than the big dog. I think that's the sixth time I've heard you say that. Yeah, but it's the first time I've said it tonight. And so, so it's new to them. <laughs> Damn it, Brody! Shut up. Can I turn his mic off? You're the one at the controls. Whatever you uh, whatever you can handle. <laughs> Mooney set it up and left, so I'm just going to leave it alone. In that case, it'll probably just go out on its own soon, anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, Father Andrew, uh, when when investigators do try to get into demonology, I mean, how much of it needs to be done uh, with your nose in a book before you actually get out there and, and try and confront these entities? Because it looks really you know glamorous and sexy on TV to to go and challenge one of these demons face to face, but not only I would assume would your personal faith have to be strong, but you'd really need to have an extremely strong working knowledge of who it is you might be dealing with. Well, I can't say it's glamorous or sexy, you know, when you're getting... Wait a minute. Let me cut in here. No, Father no. Andy is a little glamorous and sexy. I mean, I'm sitting <laughs> right across sure. from him. I've been, I see you've been watching me across the room, man, many times. Darn right. You're a sexy man. <laughs> Jeff, he's I'm not sorry, your parish man. priest. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Sorry, man. Flashbacks. Go on. I'm sorry. But this is not something that's very glamorous, you know, when you're suffering things with you, your family, because this is something you have to take into consideration. Not only you can become a target, but so can your family, your children, your loved ones, your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, wife. It's not just you that's dealing with this stuff. You know, you may be strong enough spiritually yourself, but your family typically is not. Mm-hmm. And this is something a lot of them don't take into faith. Oh, I'm very strong. I'm very spiritual. But how about your husband? How about your little kids at 3 o'clock in the morning? 
That's what personally yeah, concerns me yeah. about these cases. I, I mean, I have a young son and I have a wife, and and I I'm afraid to you know when the opportunity has come up and people have said, hey, you know, I think I have a demonic investigation. Do you kind of want to, you know, sit in, document what's going on? I I stay away because it, I'm not afraid of what something will do to me because I kind of stuck my own nose in it and I was kind of looking for right. it. But I don't want you know my son to have to suffer as a result of it. You know, I have a lot more respect for the investigator these days that says, you know, they, they realize what they may be dealing with. They're saying this is not something we want to deal with. It's out of our realm. I'd rather draw somebody in that specializes in these type cases that knows a little bit more, more about it instead of just jumping in their head first, thinking they can handle everything, when in reality, most times they can't. Lots of times I get mm-hmm. many groups that contact me for consults with cases that they're working on. You know, try to get some insight and info about what they're dealing with or the researchers. The researchers just fall prey to this type of stuff as well. And, and like in the National Football League, we have what they call the coaching tree where, you know, one coach instructs another coach and then they take over a team and, and it kind of branches out. And it seems like in, in demonology there seems to be some degree of trees, at least in how demonologists work with investigators. There's those that have worked with, you know, Father Malachi Martin and, and Bishop McKenna, and there seem to be some others that have come through other realms as well. Uh, in In your experiences, I mean, does it seem like there's a – certain school of thought when it comes to demonology in this country? Because I know in this country it's different than in, in Europe. Uh, does there seem to be a, a differing attitude that might have gotten its start in how Bishop McKenna or Father Martin conducted their investigations and people have kind of followed their lead? Well, as I tell most people, I can't tell them based upon their beliefs, their religious backgrounds or anything else. All I can give you is what has worked from my point of view, coming from a Christian perspective. Now, I work with people of all faiths and background, but all I can tell people is what works from a Christian point of view. So I have to stress that strongly with a lot of people, and I have to say, you know, maybe you're pagan, maybe you're whatever out there. Maybe there is some other alternative methods, but I can only tell you what works for me and the people I have worked with in the past. And unfortunately, I don't have a whole plethora, you know, a whole list or data bank of white witches of the West out there to be able to refer people to. Mm -hmm. You know, to be able to help them. So, the only thing I can do is refer them to other clergy and people in our realm that can help them. That's done this, been there, and done that before. And if people do have uh, something going on and they want to get in contact with you, is there is there a way they can get in touch with you? In fact, there's a couple ways. Um, my website with Georgia Paranormal email is director at georgiaparanormal.com. That comes directly to me, and also they can contact me through my MySpace page, which is www.myspace.com slash Andrew Calder, C-A-L-D-E-R. Right on. Or call me. I'll give you a cell phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Especially at 3 o'clock in the morning when they start acting up. Yeah, yeah. It, no problem. First time. I'm like a paranormal operator. You just call me and I connect you. No, you're like a paranormal freak, man. Let <laughs> me call worse. It's, it's nothing to do with the paranormal. He's a freak about everything. In in just in summary of of how you know we are seeing an increase of of demonic activity. Can you kind of make a correlation into what might be uh, causing this increase in demonic activity? Is there certain socio factors that are happening? Is there certain changes in the world of climate that are making these creatures become more active? Are they seeing an opportunity here? I would have to say it's a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. We've got so many people searching for their paths and faith, you know, what they're looking for, what they believe in, what they don't want to believe in. 
They don't want to have, you know, structured religion, people telling them what to do, when to do it. So they're looking down other paths, other phases, and unfortunately they get involved with things that they have no idea what they're dealing with. And they get open up doorways in their life that sometimes they can't close. I mean, people involved with Ouija boards, ritualistic magic practices, you know, and that can run the gamut from everything voodoo, Satanism, you know, different things like Golden Dawn. Now, I probably may piss somebody off out there that's of these type face, but unfortunately, I've worked with a, quite a number of these people that's got involved with stuff that they don't know what they're dealing with. Well, it's Golden Dawn. It's... <laughs> It's a long story. Alistair, it's a long story. Alistair Crowley was involved with it. It's a Thelmic order. It's a very highly structured, ritualistic, magical order. Now, I'm not putting down anybody out there that practices his faith, but... Kind of like witchcraft, but like a specific genre, for lack of a better word. Of yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very structured as far as ritual and so forth. High ceremonial magic is what they talk about in that. It's not just, you know, average pagan. I'll give you a bunch of books. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and there's a leader, right? There's, there's a bunch of <laughs> others kind of out charge. there besides just that. Yeah, yeah, but that's just one of the very popular ones out there. It's Gold Dawn. It sounded like a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Far from it. Right. Yeah, yeah, far from it. That is a pretty good name for a man. Nice. Golden Dawn. <laughs> Don't ever sing it, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can sing all you want. Well, it is. It is AM radio. Andy, so. Thank you for uh, for joining us here. We're gonna. Uh, I guess we're getting kind of close, right, Tim, to another break. Yeah, we're we're coming up on another one here. We thank you, Father Andrew. Hopefully you can come back and join us sometime for a full show. Thank you very much. We'll have Pleasure a good to connection, too. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Thanks. Stay safe Thanks, out Andy. there. Take care. All right. All right, Matt, do you want to take you, another break? Do we? All right, let's 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 take our final break of the hour. When we come back, we'll talk more with Jeff and Mike up in New Hampshire. We can also take your calls as well. Uh, they should be able to hear you if it were right, Matt. We can take phone calls. Yeah. All right. That'll be one more aspect of the technology to throw in there. 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And, of course, you can check us out on justin.tv slash spooky south coast. Uh, the Twitter, the Twitter feed, don't forget, spooky sc, twitter.com slash spooky sc. And, uh, what else? There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. So, uh, but you can email us spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com as well. And if you have a question for Jeff or Mike that you want to email in or, or call in, we can definitely make sure that you get a hold of them and we can do the crosstalk and all that kind of stuff. And it, Guys, this is just crazy, I have to say. The fact that we can pull this off, I'm impressed. They're already on break. Fantastic. Oh, all right. <laughs> Jeff's up looking for a beer. Nice. All right, have one for <laughs> us. We'll be right back in just a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSF into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, Silent Assassin, Matt Costa, to my right. And uh, normally would say, of course, you can't see this at home, but you actually can see it at home. If you go on SpookySouthCoast.com, you can find the link there to Justin TV. Or you can go to justin.tv slash spooky south coast. Either way, you'll be able to find the video feed coming out of the studio. And I can tell you, this is going to be a lot of fun the next time Jeff Belanger is here in the studio with us. The next time he's here uh, in the spooky studio and, and doing all of his microphone tricks and picking his nose and whatever else he does during the show, you'll all be able to see it at home. Jeff, are you uh, a little intimidated by that aspect of the program now? 
You know, if I could uh, hear you clearly, I'd probably be more intimidated. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just saying that next time you come in, we'll have the, t- the, the internet TV channel running here, and everybody will be able to see everything that you do. Dude, does that mean I have to wear pants? Uh, no, I'm not, so. Oh, good. Fair enough. Then I don't care. I'm actually, I was actually during the commercial break doing a little striptease dance for the viewers. So damn it! Better man. yet, everybody can actually see your hammer pants that you wear all the time. Uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh! He wears zoomas. <laughs> zoomas. You really do wear hammer pants? Cause uh, I, I I have a few pairs that uh, I kept in the back of my pants closet. So. And hypercolor tank tops. Sweet hypercolors, nice. They go good with your cross colors. You put them on underneath <laughs> your cross color overalls. I really thought that was going to come back. He was actually a backup dancer for Heavy D and the Boys in the late 80s, and uh, <laughs> it worked out well for a time. There you go. I was actually Heavy D, so. Now I'm, now <laughs> I'm just that stopped working out, I got into this paranormal thing, so yeah, that's going to go for a while. <laughs> and you don't have to wear a trash bag in a video. So, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you guys are up at the Mount Washington Hotel, Jeff Belanger and Mike Brody, and of course, it's a beautiful place. I mean, it's, it's a, a great old hotel. I mean, it's one of those classic mountainside hotels. Uh, and Mount Washington itself is very impressive. Did either one of you have a chance, either this time or in your previous trips uh, with the Beyond Reality events, to actually go to the top of the mountain? Yeah, actually, I- I've hiked Mount Washington a bunch of times. And, really? Uh, last August, the first time we did this event, I came up a day early, and I hiked the mountain. I went to the top and down, and it's uh, it's it's great. It's, it's the highest peak east of the Mississippi. That was actually the kids' hill that they let the kids go on tour <laughs> with and tell them that it's the mountain. It's the bunny <laughs> slope of Mount Washington. <laughs> I just remember uh, when I was younger, uh, I was probably about six or seven, and my dad drove my entire family, five kids, him and my mom, uh, tried to drive to the top in a little Chevette. <laughs> and we got about three quarters of the way up, and things weren't working out. When the road narrowed so much that even a Chevette couldn't fit on it anymore, we knew it was time to go down. So I remember kissing the ground as soon as I got down. I still have the taste of dirt in my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, no, I actually walked up. I didn't drive it. I, I walked up. Uh, I, I did, made the hike. And what but, did that do for you when you were up there? You're like, wow, this is uh, rewarding. <laughs> you know what's funny? It, it totally takes the, all the wind out of your sails because you, you lift your ass up that last step, and you're just dead. It's it's 6,200 feet high, and it's four miles of hiking all uphill. And you get to the top, and, like, this BMW drives by, and this woman in high heels gets out, and she's like, oh, I'm at the top. Look, you know? <laughs> and you're like, oh. Have you nice. seen Rocky Four? Was it like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much something like that. Wow. Anytime you can work a Rocky Jim Four, check Roger. I was gonna say every every time you can work a Rocky Four reference into Spooky South Coast, Mike, we're all for it. <laughs> we're gonna get some taps people on in a minute. We've got all kinds of. We, I just during the break, I went to the bar surprise, and um, I I we're gonna be funneling people over here to, to just come say quick hellos. Okay. Don't ask too many questions though, because they'll hang around. Yeah, we we've got about eight minutes until the news, so we've got plenty of time uh, oh, good. to bring people in. And and also, of course, Jeff, there's probably some other events coming up uh, that you're going to be in locally. I know that you got a couple co- talks coming up in May. Yeah, actually, um, May seventh, I'll be at the Bellingham Public Library. Always a raucous good time. <laughs> Doesn't that sound lame? <laughs> um. It, it doesn't not sound lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's free. It's a good library. It's a great library. And then uh, I'll be in um, I'll be in uh, Waverly Hills uh, in a few weeks down at uh, for a darkness event. And I think there's still tickets for that if people are interested. It's, there uh, are. Yeah. Does Waverly Hills have a library? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Just a real haunted old creepy building. Oh. Sorry, I'm writing a, I'm writing a note here on the air which Jeff can't read, but uh. 
<laughs> if if he caught the little flub that I made, he, and I'm sure he did, he'll be very impressed when I said talks. Uh, but oh, it's that right. kind of There's show. There's a lot of inside jokes going. So inside, we don't we're not even in on it. Well, you can hear it on playback. All right, very good. Right. But this, uh, honestly, this event's been a lot of fun. We've it, there's a great crowd here. There's probably, I mean, it's got to be close to 400 attendees. Yeah, and what I heard is that um, the hotel said that there's, I think, two rooms in this hotel that are rented to someone not with the conference. Really? Did you see that? They have no idea what's going on right now, and they're like, "What is all this?" <laughs> and you could spot them actually pretty easily because you know all the uh, paranormal people have a certain kind of you know we have a look to us here, and then suddenly like the Monopoly man will walk by like, <laughs> and you know exactly who it is. Yeah, it's pretty crystal. He clear. has a monocle. <laughs> That's awesome. If you can, if you, he actually has a monocle, then you have to go up to him and, and take a picture with him. Well, this is what I say. I go up to him and I go, I must break you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> la- right la- last weekend, it was really funny because there was, there was a much smaller event here last weekend, and we were here, and it was like, you know, half the crowd was the Monocle Man from Monopoly, and right. the other half was Ghost Hunters, and everybody was just staring at each other. Was, I thought someone was going to throw down. And then you got the locals. <laughs> right, the locals that show up. It's the perfect storm. All four of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's. Mm, I don't know about these ghost people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did we just make fun of the whole town on there? <laughs> well, you're the guys that are up there. We, you know, where we are, we don't, we don't, we can say whatever we want because they're not going to get us. But you're the ones that are up there, and you guys have seen Deliverance. Didn't happen. In, yeah. Didn't take place in New Hampshire, but it could have. There's a river right by here. Yeah, a river. Yeah, is real close by. And Jeff sure does have a right pretty mouth, so <laughs> we do have pretty mouth. <laughs> right, now, yeah, someone else just joined us. Are we are we uh, up to the news, or we, we, we uh, got about five and a half minutes? Five and a half minutes. Oh, awesome! Bob Merch just showed up. Bob uh, invented the Ouija board. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the internet. And the internet. He didn't invent either one of those. But Bob is a is a Ouija, Ouija board, board collector and uh, historian. And actually, uh, I met Bob years ago. Oh, Amy Broody from Taps and Ghost Hunters just showed up. Yay, Amy! Yay, we'll Amy. talk to her in a minute. Say quick hello, Amy. Hello. 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 Um, Amy's one of the organizers. But Bob's got Bob brought a bunch of Ouija boards here today, and it's uh, it's an awesome collection, and it's been fun watching people watch his boards. So welcome aboard, Spooky South Say Coast. Say board Bob. more. Board. <laughs> board. Thanks, Jeff. How you doing, Bob? Yeah. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, we're spooktacular, as we say here. So great. How how did you get involved with Ouija boards? I mean, uh, I'm assuming you're not one of the original Parker brothers. So uh, no. you, you probably came a little bit late into the game. Yeah, I started um, collecting about 15 years ago, and um, I just haven't stopped. Just keep finding more and more. I have about 500 different boards, and there's probably about 500 more I don't have. Now, most people uh, that I know are afraid to even touch them, and you're collecting them. I mean, do you find that they carry an energy to them? I, You know, I, I have all these boards in my house, and the doorway to hell has never opened. It's disappointing, but uh, no, I've never had any bad experience, and I, I don't have any problem. In all fairness, Bob does have six 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 on his head and uh, horns. Mm. Well, so yeah, so it's I, not going to bother like him anyway. That. But he had those before the Ouija boards. Well, right? long before the Ouija boards. Yeah, but right. obviously, to to have such an interest in the boards, they must work for you. You must be able to to communicate with spirits through them. They do work for him. He's up here this weekend. I'm not watching. I mean, you know, come on. People are paying to see these. That's guys. right. No, I well, actually, I don't play. 
I don't play them at all. I just collect them and research the history. I mean, to, to some people, though, I mean, it, like you said, you know, they open up that doorway to hell. And to other people, they say, hey, it's just no different than, you know, if we use EVP or if we use uh, photography, whatever it is that we use to try to let these spirits make their presence known. Uh, and I think that the Ouija boards has kind of gotten that bad rap for so many years because we hear these stories from the 70s and people playing Led Zeppelin records backwards and, you know, contacting Satan on the boards. But can they be a viable tool for people that want to just use them in investigations? Well, I think it's just like anything else, you know, whatever you're asking. If you're asking for something bad, then you're looking for something bad to happen. And it's just a tool. You know, I mean, realistically, it's just a, a board with letters and numbers on it. So, it, you know, I, I agree with that. I don't think there's any difference if you're, you know, asking, if you're doing EVP and you're asking if anyone's there. It, same thing if you're putting your hands on a planchette and you're asking if anyone's there. I mean, what's the, what's the most, uh, uh, what's the most interesting board that you have in your collection? We're losing you a bit, Tim. There, uh, you're kind of fading out on us. Yeah, I think that might be the computer taking over for the news here. But what, I, I just was asking Bob, what's the most interesting board that he has in his collection? The most interesting board I have, one of the ones that the people tend to like. The first one is the Mystic Tray. It was um, made in the 1940s, and it was marketed towards women so that they could take the tray out, put their tea out, and then play the Ouija board. Oh. And then the other one uh, was the Electric Mystifying Oracle, which uh, was invented in 1933 and had a battery inside the planchette and would actually kind of spark light as it would pass over so you could play it in the dark. Wow. I mean, I so know he's that- got these here. So people get to see them today. It's really cool. We had, we had a big spread of boards, and uh, everybody was checking them out. Is there any board that just bores you to death? <laughs> no, no, they're, they're all. That's a great question. <laughs> no, no, they're actually all really interesting. I, I like them all. They're, some, the early ones are very plain. They're just letters and numbers kind of stamped on boards. And then the other, as you get later, there's more and more graphics. Well, uh, hopefully sometime, and I, I know I've been saying this to every guest, but I'd love to talk to you for a full episode, Bob, because... Oh, yeah, we'll de- we'll definitely get Bob on for an episode. Maybe well, sure. maybe you could get him to come down. He's not that far. He's, he lives uh, in south, Bo- south of Boston, so... Uh, that would be awesome. We can get him to come down. That would be great. Yeah, let's definitely set that up, and, and we can devote a whole episode of the show to Ouija Boys, because it's fascinating stuff, and I think people kind of just dismiss them out of hand because of the negative connotations, and they haven't really taken the time to, to know about what they are and what they're all about. And I think I think us using the board on the air would be really compelling radio. You know, another show tried to do it, and they they backed down. We're not afraid. We'll do it. That's right. Darn right. So, all right. Well, we have to go for the news now, Bob, but uh, hopefully we can connect with you soon. Jeff and Mike, hopefully we don't lose you during the news. And, uh, if, oh, we'll be great. We're all I'm, I'm sure it'll work out fine. When we come back, we'll have more with Spooky South Coast, and we'll have Jeff and Mike up there in New Hampshire at the Mount Washington Hotel. They'll grab some more of the guests running around the Beyond Reality event. And remember, if you want to find out when they're going to be doing another one of these, just go to beyondrealityevents.com, and you can find out more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with our number two after the news break here on Spooky South Coast. Spooky South Coast is back. It's Saturday night. I have no date. A two-liter bottle of Shasta and my all-rush mixtape. Let's rock. I'm not afraid. You will be. Welcome to 
the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, Matt Moniz, is somewhere running around the Mount Washington Hotel. But uh, for those of you who are watching us at home on Spooky South Coast TV, which you can get to right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com, or by going to Justin.tv slash SpookySouthCoast, and, and we'll be bringing this to you every week now, hopefully, after promising it a while back and Having it not work out, now it'll be part of the regular repertoire. And it'll be a lot of fun on the weeks when we actually have guests here in the studio or when Jeff Belanger comes in and co-hosts or when Moniz is in here, like, eating during the show and doesn't <laughs> want anybody to know. But uh, what I realized is, you know, one of the downsides of having this technology here in the studio is people know, like, just how much of a rigged-up operation we have going on yeah. here. You know, we have the uh, the emails and the Twitter feed and all this stuff, and uh, they're realizing, oh, my God, it just comes through Tim's phone, and, you know, Matt's over there on the studio computer trying to make the Skype work, and it, it, it gives people a greater appreciation, I think, for how much we're able to pull off with very limited resources. It's a lot less glamorous than... Uh, it really is. Put it, out there. it really is. And we want to thank Moniz for being able to set up everything in Mount Washington so that we could have Jeff Belanger and Mike Brody joining us from out there. And they've been enjoying the weekend festivities up there at the Beyond Reality events. And you can check those out by going to beyondrealityevents.com. And I'm sure they've got others planned besides returning to Mount Washington. Uh, but, you know, it's it's very conveniently located to their new business venture uh, as well because they let Moniz stay there. So now I guess it's uh, open to the public soon. And, you know, once they just get that Moniz-ness out of there, <laughs> hire some extra cleaning staff. Guys, what about yourselves? Have you been able to check out the Spalding Inn yet? Mike stayed there. Really? Yeah, I stayed at the Spalding from uh, Monday till uh, Friday. It's pretty awesome. From what Moniz was saying, it's just it's really well done. Such a great country atmosphere there. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's actually I would describe it as both creepy and welcoming. Uh, <laughs> just just that, like Jeff Belanger. Is that like right off the brochure? <laughs> yes, it's creepy and welcoming. Listen, we have someone else with us here, guys. Amy Bruni from the Ghost Hunters Show, one of the organizers of Beyond Reality Events, was dragged over here, beer in hand. <laughs> Hello, and, Amy. Uh, how are you? Let's look. Coors Light. Yes. I didn't know you were a hillbilly. I didn't choose it. Somebody it's, handed it to me. It's the it's official beer, beer of your hand. Oh, yeah. oh, there is a hillbilly here. Guy from West Virginia. Hey, Brendan, sense. we'll be with you soon. Hang in there. <laughs> They'll start firing guns in the air. <laughs> hey. Anyway, so, so Amy's here with us. How's it going, Amy? It's been a while it's, since we had you on the I show. Oh, it's good. I was bummed you're not here. Someday I'm going to meet you. Well, it's kind of somebody's got to stay back here and keep Costa company while he's running all the technology here. <laughs> Why are I do you get lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Brody was just petting Amy for those of you who aren't here, uh, <laughs> which is everyone. <laughs> and I know he's petting me, and I like it. But uh, yeah, what, what, Amy? Could you repeat what you said uh, during the news break? As the, the the sound is is coming in and out, and we're trying to listen, and, and all three of us lean into this laptop trying to get the sound. In the most positive way possible, I said this is the jankiest radio setup I've ever seen. And she's seen some janky stuff in her time. Well, and we are the jankiest. We we, we never claim to be professionals. We only no. claim to be effective. It's true. Jankified. 
<laughs> so, uh, but you know what? It's working. You know what's even so better about that? I don't know if Moniz told you those are drum microphones. You got a oh, you got a good deal on those. Those are for those are for drums. That's why it sounds so bassy. Yeah. That was a techno beat. That's also why they smell like stale beer and skanky women because they actually came off somebody's drum set. Skanky janky. That's a good name for a band. Yeah, skanky janky. Nice, I like it. It's not a bad name for a band. I've heard way better. All right. So so Amy, talk to us a bit about moving the idea of having beyond reality radio and having taps and the way they investigate and trying to recreate that and adding to that in an event atmosphere, such as what's going on this weekend. I'll translate. <laughs> I'm here to help. So, uh, <laughs> Wait, I how do you, basically, how do you incorporate you know, how, how do you take Jason and Grant and Taps and all of them and take the idea of a paranormal in, investigation retreat and combine the two together effectively? Oh, well, I mean, the main thing was when we were doing Beyond Reality Radio, I mean, we had some very dynamic, great guests, and I just felt like a lot of them hadn't really been out in the paranormal circuit too much yet. And so um, especially now that the radio show is not on the air, we still wanted to bring that kind of information out to everyone. So this was the perfect the perfect way to do it because i'm just i i know in the past you know when when jason and grant have appeared at certain events they have a tendency to kind of bring the house down and it it makes it very hard to to do the rest of the event when everybody's lining up to meet them sign autographs and and so you have to be able to have that balance of of putting on an event and having them be part of the event as well i mean do you just kind of get that out of the way with having a big autograph signing question and answer period at the beginning yeah yeah we actually we do that right away and honestly it's you know we get the fans here with the show and i think everybody knows that you know most of them are taps ghost hunters fans but then we have you know great lecturers here who actually teach them you know a lot of things beyond just the tv show and i think most of them i don't know that they always expect that because i always hear when they leave they're like i just learned so much well that's <laughs> we also have mike brody here <laughs> he makes people, he makes people laugh. that's that's what's interesting to me though is because you do have a lot of these people who and let's face it i'm not trying to disparage anybody but there's a lot of people who are ghost hunters fans where that's the only exposure they have to the paranormal world is right. what they watch on wednesday nights and they don't really have that uh, knowledge base that other investigators and other people might have. So you bring in some of these guests that you have and you open their eyes to things and instead you've made fans of a television show into people who are suddenly interested in an entire genre. Right, and that's that's exactly that's always been our mission with these events is just, you know, bring them in with the show and then just uh, you know, raise their interest because of the speakers and the books and we we have so much out here for them to do and learn from. So it's it's awesome. It's a good opportunity. Now, I know it's that- a great environment too. Like seriously, there's there's a lot of great people here from all walks of life. We've got freaks and <laughs> geeks and uh we've got PhDs and school teachers and uh and by freaks and geeks, I mean present company. Of course, mm-hmm. but uh, but no, people from all walks of life, and that's what's so great about these events. And uh, the elevator guy is really cool too. <laughs> the, the guy that runs the, the, the guy, he runs. It's actually a manual elevator, like you know, from like a hundred years ago, where you get in and he has to move the lever so you can go awesome. up or down. It's really hard. Did do. you do that? Did you try it? That's uh, that's. I was actually the the previous elevator guy. That no. was my job. No. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I'm here. You know, maybe tomorrow you could be like, hey, take take ten minutes off. You know, go go get a coffee. Trip down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, 
We're taking this sucker to the basement. So I, I know you've been able to do a couple of events now and at the Mount Washington Hotel, and you've done some other stuff as well. I mean, what's the, what's the docket looking like for Beyond Reality events in 2009 and beyond? Well, honestly, we already booked for next year at the Mount Washington. Um, so we'll be here again in April next year. And uh, we're actually in talks with the Stanley Hotel right now. So we're trying to get something going with them in the next few months. So The Shining. <laughs> um, and then we, we're... We have a few other smaller events in the works as well. So this was we need to get this out of the way because this is a big one. It takes up a lot of our time. So now I expect there's going to be a lot more events popping up on the site. And I know that, you know, in this economic climate, we've talked about it last week here on the show. As more of these events uh, pop up, it, it becomes harder for people to be able to afford to go to uh, so many of them. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you take into account that you want to make sure that you give them the most bang for their buck? I mean, it'd be easy to just charge somebody a two or three hundred dollar ticket and say, hey, come hang out with Jason and Grant. They'd show up. You'd sell out. That'd be enough. Right. But to give people something beyond that, I mean, are you are you finding that? You know, it, it's a challenge to be able to bring people in, fly people in, put people up, you know, pay people some sort of speaking fee. It, you know, honestly, it is. It, it's one of those things where we definitely take into account what region we're in or what area of the country we're in. And, and that influences our decision as far as what speakers we bring. You know, it, it's it's hugely beneficial to us if someone is local because that, that eliminates a lot of our extra costs. So, um that's why we'll have different speakers probably on the West Coast is when we have events here on the East Coast, except for Jeff. Yeah, he'll go Mike anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Thank they, you for the beer, my brother. They, they've got enough frequent flyer miles saved up between the two of them to harass you no matter where you go in the continental yeah, United States. Yeah, exactly. I'm not flying them anywhere anymore. <laughs> Brandon, don't go far. We're going we're gonna to get a redneck on in a minute. Oh, he's got to smoke. All right. Well, that's Wait, understandable. Yeah, that was oh, you don't count. No, no, I don't. Kind of mathy redneck, <laughs> right? And yeah, swamp Yankees. I, I know, a... Amy. It might be a little sensitive situation to talk about, but everybody does ask us all the time: Is there any word on if Beyond Reality is coming back to the airwaves? As of right now, it's not looking too good. <laughs> I mean, our <laughs> schedule and now, even since Jane Grant bought the inn, mm-hmm. every weekend they're at the inn, and it's you know it's a huge venture for them, and I don't blame them at all. And so, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say. So, Amy, so would you recommend because the show's not there that people listen to Spooky South Coast? Oh, I've always recommended that people listen to Spooky well, South Coast. That's what I'm talking about, huh? <laughs> thank Table you for that. And, and our airwaves are always your airwaves. If the guys get the itch, and you know, uh, if they if there's ever a weekend where they aren't in New Hampshire, we're only a, a half an hour, forty minutes from home, so they're That's welcome awesome. to come I take over anytime. And Amy, Amy's, we want to have you Amy here someday. Threatened. Sorry, Tim. Uh, Amy's threatened on one of these Saturdays that she's, you know, stuck in Providence. Uh, that uh, that we're gonna go, we're gonna go down to the studio there. I'll, I'll bring her down and uh, we'll do one of our Saturday night shows. Absolutely. I tell you, the door's always open, but apparently, since uh, we've been off the air for the last few weeks, they fired everybody else that worked here, and the door is not open anymore. <laughs> but uh, if you bang on the window, we'll let you in. Okay, right. that works. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations yeah. on a successful event, and hopefully all the rest of them go even smoother for you. All right. Yay. Thanks so much. Thanks, Amy. Yay. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Amy. And, of course, guys, you know, now that you've uh, hit the bar and become uh, suffici- sufficiently lubricated, we're, we have hit to say – bar. Huh? Dude, we were at the bar long before this started. <laughs> well, that's – you know, that's the, the beauty of radio is, you know, it leads to alcoholism and – it's just part of the deal, I think. 
But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, in that kind of relaxed atmosphere of where you guys are right now and, and in the lobby and the way things are going, I mean, do you find that it's just a casual, hey, let me stop and pick your brain for a few minutes about this? Or uh, is it really a great networking place for people to get together if they have questions about the paranormal? Yes. Okay. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 always like that. You know, and, and that's what's so cool. There's people there's people that you know through email or through MySpace or through the internet and, and you finally get together after all this time and you start talking and you hit it off and you find out, you know, we're all a little bit crazy. And speaking of a little bit crazy, and Rednecks who brought me beer all the way from West Virginia, Brendan Skeen, founder of GoSmart.com, just uh, joined us at the table. Hello. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, we're spooktacular. You know the last thing a redneck says before he dies? He says, hey, y'all, watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Seen it myself. (laughs) You know, Brandon, could you tell the story about how you're sure there's no Sasquatch in West Virginia? All right, I'll tell the story. <laughs> this is, last August, Brendan was telling me. He says, "You know what? I'm." He probably had a few too many beers to remember this, but he said, "I can promise you, there's no Sasquatch in West Virginia because we invented dynamite fishing, and one of us would have killed that son of a bitch." <laughs> can we say that? Well, he already did, so let's go. With it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry that you have to uh, deal with these guys. You know, making redneck jokes at you and of course we would never make redneck jokes about people from from west virginia or new hampshire we just save it to it we just make it used to it yeah we make it about people from like lakeville and and freetown and bridgewater places closer to us rednecks that we know yeah right right rednecks closer to home but uh i mean seriously though it it, if the sasquatch is out there i think uh, that's probably a pretty good location where he might be hiding so dynamite fishing or no i think (laughs) No, kid. Seriously, Brendan's uh, Brendan's selling ghost hunting equipment from uh, from GoSmart, and uh, has been doing it a long time. And it's it's kind of interesting how um, you know what whatever you think of the show Ghost Hunters, I mean, it, it absolutely influences your business, doesn't it? I mean, if oh. they have, if they got a piece of equipment that's on that show, people want it, right? The the K two meter is a perfect example of that when the day after it it aired on the Manson episode, there were probably two hundred emails asking for the K two meter, which we didn't sell at the time. <laughs> So, I mean, how quickly can you get something like that if people are interested in it? Uh, it just uh, it depends on where I have to get it from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the K2 meter was uh, pretty pretty easy to get, and except for the fact that the demand was so high then, and the company really didn't have a, the ability to produce very many of them. Now, <laughs> but, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's all right. Go ahead. I was going to say, I've, I've been to your website many times shopping around, and the one thing that people always say about paranormal investigation is it's easy to adapt household items and be able to use them in investigation. But in, in my experiences, it's even easier to be able to buy a piece of equipment that's being manufactured and sold directly to people that are interested in using it as such. Uh, when you first started getting involved with this, I mean, were you trying to connect with you know, the small investigators, you're trying to make things open to everybody to try to get out there. It just seems to me like it's a really risky venture to get into when, you know, the the common idea, the common philosophy is, you know, we're not going to be able to prove this stuff anyway. Well, there there's definitely uh, there's there's more of a demand than I ever could have even imagined out there for ghost hunting equipment. And uh, really, I've just been I've been surprised over the past three years since I started GoSmart how how much demand there really is out there and how many people there really are interested in this. 
in paranormal research and uh, met a lot of great people and got a lot of repeat customers now and uh, everything's been going really well for the past few years. It, see, it, it seems to me like once they get that one piece of equipment. Is that a Rolex? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Once they order that first piece of equipment, they put it to use and they realize that, yes, you can get results out of this. You know, then I'm sure they start deep uh, digging deeper into the website and starting to realize, okay, well, if I buy this and it can do this, uh, is there really a a kind of a five piece toolkit that you think every investigator needs to have? Well, I I definitely, um, you know, when somebody's starting out, never recommend spending a fortune on equipment, and it's really easy to do. Well, that, that's mean, bad for business. Like any, any hobby, you can go out and buy the best thing to start out with, but we just recommend people start out with, you know, a, a simple EMF meter and a uh, some sort of temperature measuring equipment and a digital voice recorder. That seems to be the, the basics. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, I was looking. I was looking at all the stuff you had on your table, you know, and there's like K2s and all this different equipment, and uh, it's cool. They were all like, you know, like you said, household objects before. But what was the inflatable sheet for? <laughs> yeah, we that get, was for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Ghost hunters get mighty lonely. <laughs> it makes sense. What was the K2s original uh, use before people were using the, it for paranormal? The the K2s original use was just to to measure appliances around the house for. Uh, Electromagnetic leakage. Uh, yeah. So you know, if, if, a, no, if a wire, if you're an electrician, yeah. you, you can put an EMF meter near a wall socket, and if the thing's spiking, it means the wires aren't well insulated, or, or you know, I mean, it's a it's a fire hazard. It's yeah, it's all kinds really, of stuff. There's really not a whole lot of use for an EMF meter except for a um, a home inspector and an electrician <laughs> and a ghost hunter. Yeah. Which is really funny because I mean, you talk to some of these manufacturers, and it, you and I have talked, I mean, you know, privately about how some of these folks are just like, yeah, you know, we don't call these ghost meters or anything like yeah. that, but they know a substantial number now. I mean, a, a noticeable percentage is going to ghost investigators. A, a lot of the manufacturers, the first time I contacted them, pretty much just laughed at me. And yeah. then as soon as I started ordering and reordering, they quit laughing, and I've for example, the uh, company I order the closed circuit TV equipment from, I'm their biggest distributor. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know, I was talking to Scotty Roberts, and yeah. uh, he, uh, the tarot card reader, and he was talking about uh, getting in the airport on the way here, and he said he had a K2 meter in his bag, and he's going through customs, and uh, the guy pulls out the K2 meter and looks at him, and he just goes, Ghost Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right back up. <laughs> that's so, oh, my God. <laughs> that's really frightening. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. It, it, and it really is. like it, There's so many different pieces of equipment that people are adapting now. And, and when you try to carry something on, on Ghost Mart, do you find that when – you talk to these manufacturers. Are you giving them suggestions of how to tweak things to make it more more marketable and more easy to use for the ghost hunters? Are they are they looking for your input and in how to build toward that means? Uh, well, not not really the larger manufacturers. A, an example of a, of something that was made just for paranormal research is the uh, Mel meter. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out in October and it is a uh, EMF meter with a temperature meter built into it, an ambient air temperature meter and also uh, you can get it with a flashlight built into it as well <laughs> but that's really that's one of the first things that was built specifically for paranormal research it, what's probably the most extravagant piece of equipment that you have on ghost mart extravagant most extravagant piece of equipment um probably the uh it would be the uh, FLIR thermal imaging cameras <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got a 
bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, they they start out in the uh, around seven to eight thousand dollars and go all the way up into the forty thousand dollar range, and that that is definitely. I mean, we have actually sold a few of them, but that's not a that's not an everyday item that we sell. You don't stock those, right? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've talked to Fleer, and as I'm sure you have as well, but I talk to people at Fleer, and they are very aware that these cameras are being used for ghost hunting, and I talk to them about trying to make a more affordable version for, for paranormal investigators to be able to use. And, and they're saying, you know, we've kind of stripped it down as much as we can. And, and it, to have this technology, it just, it costs that much money. Yeah. And they definitely, I mean, they've, they've just recently come out with a, a new line of cameras I've, in the past few months that I think they're, they're, they're called the silver line, I believe. And they're definitely, I mean, they're still, I think they're about six to $7,000, but they, um, I think that is about as much as they can strip them down. The lenses on the cameras alone cost about $3,500. So. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of going to be uh, cost prohibitive toward yeah. – uh... Yeah, again, and, and not, not the kind of equipment that uh, you know is just laying around. I mean, this is – you know, firefighters using these things, looking for bodies and yeah. burning buildings and, you know. And also, it's not something you really want to spend the money and invest the money in buying in unless you're positive that you know how to use it yeah. and that you can and, get the results you're looking for out of it. Uh, or, t- or you're shooting Predator 3. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the other thing. You could be filming a movie. I'll tell you, though, at these conferences, I, I'm starting to see, like, one, two at each conference where someone's walking around with these things, and you're like, my God. Because you know what they cost. Yeah. You're just it's like – It's Monopoly Man. It's getting mon- converted. <laughs> yeah, the Monopoly no. Man. It's like, hey, well, I'm getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a, a lot of people – I well, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but there's definitely, you know, it's more affordable if you can go out and find one at – say, a, a surplus auction from the fire department or something like that. I mean, I know a lot of ghost hunters don't have the money to go out and spend ten grand on a camera, but you can go to a fire department that's getting rid of one, and they might sell it to you for $1,000, a $10,000 camera. You know something else I've noticed, too, is that a lot of paranormal groups tend to, like, try to recruit, like, firemen as members. It's totally true because they're just like, can you borrow the, the thermal camera? <laughs> like, seriously, that's that's a big part of the gameplay. We also find harbor masters work quite well, too. So yeah, that's... right, yeah, same thing. <clears throat> So, I mean, is is there any new hot technology that's uh, either just coming out there or or that we might be on the cusp of? Well, really, the the only new thing that's come out in the past few months would be the the mail meter that I touched on before, mm-hmm. and it's it's not really new technology. The only thing that's new about it is putting all that together in one meter, specifically designed for paranormal research. That seems to be the trend: <laughs> is being able to to kind of uh, compartmentalize everything into one device. And, yeah. you know, we saw that with, like, the paranormal PC, and, and it seems like people are trying to get all they can out of one device, and uh, mainly so that they don't have to carry as much stuff, I think. Well, the the paranormal PC was a great idea. It just wasn't implemented great, and it was it was a little difficult to use, but I think somebody could come up with something very similar to that and would definitely be a success. <laughs> I mean, the only problem is is when somebody comes up with an idea, uh, in, in this community we talk about having to work together, but when somebody comes up with an idea, they're so protective of it, they don't allow somebody else to kind of help make improvements on the idea. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely a problem we see with a lot of the uh, – I mean, there people are contacting us all the time saying, you know, I've built this X device and, you know, we'd love for you to sell it. But they don't want to hear what would make it sell better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect like it is. What do you know? <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
I mean, I'm just glad that, you know, somebody is able to, to funnel this equipment into the paranormal community because it'd be so easy for these manufacturers to take advantage of investigators and, you know, to, to jack the price up once they hear ghost hunting associated with their product. So to have a, a site such as Ghost Mart being able to target it toward people and be able to kind of eliminate, you know, what you need and what you don't need because so many people are going out there and they're spending, I've seen them spend four or $500 on an EMF detector when I'm trying to tell them, hey, you know, for your purposes, a $30 cell sensor does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's a lot of money on an yeah. EMF meter. Yeah. And that, that I mean, the general tools, general tools, for example, sells a uh, triaxle EMF meter and it's, it's about $400 and it's just really, I mean, it, it's a great tool if you're, if you're really, you know, Hardcore and hardcore, yeah, yeah. it might be a worthwhile investment, but for for everybody else, you know, a, a cell sensor would do pretty well. Yeah, I mean, right don't on. don't buy technology that's that's greater than what you think you could handle in terms of being able to use it. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah, like absolutely. us trying to run a multimedia radio show here when we're lucky we can even get the board to work. <laughs> I we we did we have taken some pictures up here and we got to you got to post them because this is like you know there's duct tape and the Frankenstein setup. Oh yeah, right now. I've seen some of Moni's so, handiwork. So very good. Brendan, thanks for stopping by. It's ghost-mart.com. Thank you. And don't spell out hyphen. Just use the dash, <laughs> ghostmart.com. That's the way to do it. All right. Thanks, and, Brendan. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for the beer, too, especially. All right. Next, we got Danielle. She's going to come over right now. Come on. She's wrecked. Come on. Don't yet yeah, you're live. This there's no time. Come on over. Because we, we want you to get the perspective of someone who's kind of like not really – you know, there there are people, and this happens all the time, because uh, there there are folks like they get dragged here by their spouse or whatever. And and Danielle's a friend of Bob Mersh, and she's here from Boston, and uh, closer to the microphone, dear. You're, you're doing great. Say hello. 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 How are you? Great. How about you? Oh, we're spectacular. So you you got you got dragged up there? Is that is that what happened? Yeah. She's been giggling for the last three hours. And so we thought we should really put a microphone in front of her because that would be better. That always works. She's a, snort. She's a snorter. Here it comes. Wait, here it comes. Close to the mic. Close to the mic. Come here. <laughs> you guys should be. Ah! There you go. Oh, and she's done. There goes Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. She snorts and she's out. We're going to win a Marconi Award for this program. <laughs> That's great. Scotty, come on over. We're going to get a tarot reader here in a second. Scotty Roberts. Do we have to take a break? Uh, yeah, why don't we take a break uh, just so we can catch up for this hour. When we come All back, right. you, we can talk with Scotty Roberts and more with Jeff and Mike up in New Hampshire. Matt Costa and myself will remain here in the Spooky Studio holding down the fort. We're going to take a quick commercial break. On the other side of that, we'll play the Haunted Headlines because, you know, Jeff, we got to get the Haunted Headlines in or Chris will start calling up and complaining. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And then we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. The vault is open. You're listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano and you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey around the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. For the third consecutive Haunted Headlines, Florida makes an appearance, again stepping on the wrong side of the law. According to Hernando today, Justin Wright was seen 
with four others exploring Spring Hill Cemetery in Brooksville, Florida, late last Saturday by police. The men claimed to be investigating the paranormal in one of the most famously haunted sites in their town, and they might have been let off with just a warning. The trouble was, when the deputy on the scene ran their names for warrants, it was discovered Wright was a newly released and registered sex offender with a 10 p.m. curfew. Wright had been arrested and is charged now with violation of probation, a felony. Staying with the legal side of things, what began as a trip to a paranormal hotspot ended in the cracking of a case of a gang who had been robbing and terrorizing paranormal investigators for nearly two months. The Providence Journal reported this week a break-in at a haunted location, but there's a twist. Police arrested five men with weapons ranging from an axe to a BB gun in the famous Ladd School, long considered one of the most active abandoned schools in Rhode Island, if not all of New England. The men were there not to investigate, but to rob ghost hunters and others who choose the school as a hangout. The group was caught in the act, although they've been doing it several times since late February. Four of the suspects were ranged on three counts of first-degree robbery and three counts of conspiracy, while another was arraigned on two counts of first-degree robbery and two counts of conspiracy. All were con just recently expelled from the local chapter of the job training program, Job Corps, and had heard people like to go to the old school for the developmentally challenged because it was popular on ghost sites. And ending on an optimistic note tonight, we have the other side of the coin. Inside information from Ghost Village News has a story of another investigation done the right way. A few months ago, we reported on a group from Ohio who had petitioned and won the right to investigate Wood County Historical Center, a building which may soon be set to be demolished. The group was allowed in under the cover of secrecy to protect the integrity of the investigation and the location, but was recently written about in the Toledo Blade. According to Gene Lafferty, founder of Buckeye State Paranormal and Haunting Investigators, the group leading the fight to get in and leading the investigation, there have been rumors and stories coming out of the building, but no definitive exploration of what might actually be there. The results of the investigation have just been made public, and those interested in finding out what the group found out and in tracking their detailed records of the history of the building and the history of the haunting can visit their website at www. Dot dot com. That's all we have for this week. You can check out these stories and more at Ghost Village's news site at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. I'm Chris Balzano, and that's what's haunting me. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And that was the haunted headlines for Christopher Balzano. Remember, you can always go to ghostvillage.com and check out the news there. Chris posts it up there as it happens, as he finds out about it, so you can always keep up to date. Jeff, you've heard of ghostvillage.com? I have heard of it. I've, uh, I Wait a minute. I started it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just gotten out of control from there. That wasn't good, That's right? Kinda lame. That's kind of lame. <laughs> right, yeah. it's, now, it's it's pretty rough working with a comedian here because it's like all about timing and stuff. Mike's um, Mike, we were t and during the break we were just Mike's like, you know, do people even know why I'm here? And <laughs> <laughs> and no, no, they don't. <laughs> but Mike's uh, Mike did a great act last night and last week and last year. It's um, it, he does paranormal comedy and it's hysterical. And and I, last August when I first met him. And they told me, they're like, yeah, you know, we've got this guy, he's a paranormal comedian. My eyebrow couldn't have been any further up. I'm like, really? You know, <laughs> really? He killed. He totally killed it. He killed last night. We got it all on tape. And uh, 
really funny stuff because you realize, you know, you guys have been on investigations. You know, you're out there and you're, you're hunting around and someone's got a dousing rod and someone's got a crystal strapped to their head and EMF meters go off and you're talking to voice recorders in the dark. And I mean, You've investigated silly. with Moniz. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you've, you've investigated with Moniz then. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah, totally. So anyway, but uh, but it's very funny. Mike Mike does a great act. He's, he does regular comedy too, but uh, but at this, these events, it's uh, it's really tailored and funny, funny stuff. But uh, so sitting with us now, we've got Scotty Roberts, tarot reader or tarot reader if you prefer, and uh, he's been lecturing about the, the Nephilim, which Nephilim. is Nephilim. 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 Scotty, welcome to Spooky South Coast. Hey Jeff, how you doing? I'm good, and this is Tim. Hey Tim, hi, how are he's you? The computer. It's, I'm doing well. Hi Scotty. He got hey, he Mike got tarot Brody. right. Are you Mike Brody the comic? I'm, I'm Mike Brody the comic. Mike Brody the paranormal comic. Tarot or te- it's a, it's like Euro and Yiro, it's right? Like, it's like banana banana. Nobody says banana though. Some people say banana. <laughs> Who does? Uh, I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> there you go. You say banana and I say what? <laughs> but got uh, me there. I mean. Um, Tarot or or tarot, however you want to pronounce it, it's kind of a lost art in today's culture because it's been kind of co-opted by, you know, high school girls that want to play with tarot cards while they're watching Twilight. That's why I got into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it... it being being the the valuable tool that it was to people for so long for for many generations for many years now it's kind of become uh, that connotation that we put on you know storefront psychics. Well, I, I think what I've seen a little bit is that uh, at these events, especially in different things that I do, there's a lot of people that would prefer to go to the psychic who can read them, read their dead grandma and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And tarot readers just no, oh, he's a guy with cards. Uh, but what I've found is that I get a lot of messages right off the cards directly. As a matter of fact, I prefer, if you will, the crutch of the cards because there are times where I don't know if my intuition is intuition or if my intuition is, is just knowing people. So I enjoy the process of pulling the cards and saying something else is doing that. I'm just facilitating the message. And any kind of intuitive message I get comes right off of the cards. Now, I'll admit I'm kind of a, a novice when it comes to tarot or, or tarot, and I'll go with tarot because that's what you're saying, and you <laughs> know more tarot, than I do. actually. But I think it's tarot. Pronunciation. I mean, it, knowing what I – the very limited amount that I know, I mean, I know that there's a, a number of decks when you walk into a store that carries these items, and there's so many different – you know, the tarot for, for this person or the tarot for this type of person. and the Charlie Brown tarot. Sure. Yeah, I mean, are, are we essentially yeah. talking about the same cards just with different designs, or is it are there different types of decks for different types of people and different types of questions? I do know that there's all different types of decks that are coming out now because everybody wants to do their own version of something. Um, if you go back to a traditional type of a deck like the Rider Waite, uh, any deck that I use, I pretty much just want to go off of that because it gives me a traditional spread of cards. I don't have to worry about like the Happy Squirrel card or the <laughs> you know, the Art Garfunkel card. So what is uh, the that, Art Garfunkel that means, card? Mean? That means death. Uh, it's, it's, is it death? It's it's death and it's something about <laughs> I, bad hair. I think the Art Garfunkel so. card didn't write any of the messages, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it just kind of hung on and he hung on. Yeah, carried the other messages. Yeah. But, but I, the Simpsons had the uh, the Simpsons episode had the Happy Squirrel card once. Oh, did it? Nice. Yeah. So. There's a lot of decks out there. Actually, uh, Paulina Stuckey 
Cassidy. Cassidy, thank you. Uh, we just call her Paulina. Uh, she's an Paulina. She, she's an amazing artist, and she's got her own tarot deck with or tarot deck with U.S. games. Um, she's done some incredible the artwork, and yeah, they're really. I mean, she's incredible. She just I bought that deck when she was here, and she signed it for me. Yeah, and, cool. Uh, fabulous art, and I I think for me, and I've heard this from other people. They say that the cards will draw you if you want to. Uh, use a deck of cards. You can go in and look at, and, and I found that to be true. I'm certainly drawn to certain preferences. I like Renaissance art, and I like uh, I like high end illustration and art. I don't like the the cheesy. Pardon me for anybody out there who draws this particular deck of tarot or toro, um, but I don't like the ge- geographic shapes and suns and arrows and things like that. I like something that shows me a little bit of imagery. And I think that means a lot during a reading too. But also like don't you think like the Rider Waite deck when when for for people out there who don't know a lot about this stuff, if you think in your head of a tarot card, you're probably thinking of the Rider Waite deck. Yeah, pretty much. That's I mean it's been around for century, yeah, right? Centuries. Yeah, I think it was like 1908 or something like that. I mean, so around a century. And uh it's um it's kind of like the standard deck, even though there's so many others. I mean, US, company U.S. Games, which published right. Paulini deck. I mean, I've seen their catalog, and I swear, the Gummy Bear, I wasn't joking. That's no, a real deck. Uh, Isn't there a Lord there. of the Rings one, too? I, I, I think there's a Star Wars there's, deck. There's a deck There's yeah. a deck for everything. I, I prefer, uh, there's an artist named Cat Black from Australia, and she did the Golden Tarot, which I used for a long time, and she just created a new deck called the Touchstone Tarot. And it's a fabulous deck of uh, Renaissance art, Tudor English type of stuff. Actually, Golden Tarot is my favorite James Bond movie. <laughs> that's, that's two jokes tonight with that. That's great. It's the Golden Dawn and the Golden Tarot. Thank you very much. Well, Excellent stuff. I think the right away, too, the popularity is also helped by the fact that, I mean, when you walk into a, a Walmart or a Borders or wherever and you want to grab some, I mean, that's usually what they have on the shelf, too, because <laughs> you it's the most I don't need to step on your toes. I don't think Walmart carries Tarot. Oh, no, they do. Absolutely. Do they really? Yep. I've seen them. I've actually yeah, seen them in there. When you look uh, behind the register, they usually will have like the collectible <laughs> cards. Condom, cigarettes, and tarot. Yeah, right? where they sell that stuff, you will find them mixed in with those with those cards. I swear to you. I've, I've seen the great date night. That's it. I just have a right. mental image of a bunch of. Uh, Smokers hitting their children like I don't want a tarot card. Like, like <laughs> they also they also have the uh, Sam's get the Marlboro home. Take it. They have the Sam's rollback tarot deck too, where every every one of them is a smiley face on every oh, card. Right, nice. Everything's good news. I actually but, got a reading from Scotty and it was really accurate and really great, and I'd highly recommend it. No, but how does how does the reading uh, work, shameless plug. Ah, that, that's, hey, no, Scotty? Mean, what's your website? I do shameless plugs like www.tarotbyscotty.com. <laughs> right, that Excellent. would just be shameful. That would be shameful what and shameless. Your, uh, your other one, your and your your one. oh my illustration site. Uh, well, I, I did. I did have a book published about a year and a half ago. Right. And is it okay to mention that I had a book published? Absolutely. Uh, no, and no that's against FCC regulations. Don't listen to those guys. No, uh, Scotty's Plug a away, Scotty. really great graphic art, and uh, probably should do your own deck one of these days. Well, I've thought about it. <clears throat> I've been approached by a couple of people to do it, and the, the thought, the, the daunting task of, of doing 78 illustrations for yeah. imagery for no pay unless it gets picked up is is not one that's high on my list. Only, it, it, you know, it'd have to be an act of 
altruistic love for me to do that. And I have so, a question for you. Now, yeah. if, if you were to, if anybody was to make a tarot de- deck, uh, as long as it has like the name like King of Cups, you could conceivably put any picture on there. You could put a picture of somebody lounging on a couch with the King of Cups, right? Or does sure. it have to be a corresponding picture? Sure. You know, you could have my my old fat neighbor in his in his wife beater shirt laying on the couch drinking beer. That'd be and, the King uh, of C Cups. Call it the King of Cups. Okay. So. Everybody got. Well, I mean, how does for for somebody that's never had a reading with it, how does it work when when you're going through the cards? Okay, um, I can just give you just a, a real slight spiel about what I do. Um, when I have somebody sit down, and and we've only got so much time at these events because we, we 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 have a ton of them lined up in appointments, so I make it very quick, and I tell them uh, my belief system is this: is I believe it's God, it's your angels, it's your spirit guides. They all have messages for you. We get them all the time. We're just in our culture, in our society, we're not tuned into those spiritual messages anymore. The tarot, or tarot, is... I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. I don't either. (laughs) The tea Um, cards. The tea cards. Right. Um, it's, It's simply a facilitator of a message. And the way I view it is this, is that... um. The cards have no random shuffle. There is no such thing as coincidence. Uh, it's a theology that I bring to the table. And I say, if, if God can create the universe out of nothing, as God can certainly shuffle a deck of cards. And that's kind of the, in, in a microcosm, that's, that's what I, I bring to the table when I do readings for people. And what I get, I'll lay down, I'll have people say, if you've got a question, don't tell me. Keep it to yourself. I don't want to focus on the question more than I focus on the message that the cards bring out. And even if I know that they're going, well, I want to talk about my boyfriend, and I go, already in my subconscious is, okay, uh, i got to really cancel out and block out that because I don't, what if the spirit guides have a different message for them? And so I will lay out the cards after shuffling them and, uh, um, when I lay those out, I just look at what the messages of the cards say, and sometimes I'll pick up intuitive messages off of those cards, and it generally comes without thinking about it. Is that I, uh, and, and, of course, sometimes you're guided a little bit, and I don't like this so much, but if somebody, you mention uh, something about, oh, this looks like there might be a chemical addiction problem, they start weeping, you know, you've kind of hit on something, and, and so I have to be very careful not to, make anything up or, or try to twist things into making it fit into those tears. I just continue reading what I see. And it, so it's, it's detachment a little bit so I can feel like I'm giving a very accurate message. I mean, the way I see it, I mean, and this might be a generalization, but there's either chance or there's fate. And if you don't believe in chance, then you have to believe in fate. Uh, Pretty much. And, and it's amazing to me, though, the same people that will go and have their tarot cards read and, and buy every word of, of what's being said, they'll also be the ones that will go to the casino and say, oh, well, I'm just not having the luck today, you know? And right. you got to kind of right. buy into the whole package, I think. Well, I, I think what we all do here as paranormal investigators, you're already in quote-unquote normal society. You're already that whack fringe, mm-hmm. and then you get into this group of people and you start talking about tarot or tarot. And you get again, and we're the whack fringe of the of the whack fringe, so. <laughs> which is pretty wacky. There it is, fringy. Scotty, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Yay, Scotty! All right, uh, Scotty, be here all day tomorrow. Great having you. I'll be here all day tomorrow. Thank yeah, you very uh, much. They're not coming up. Oh. And, <laughs> well, guys, right there. Right. I, I like to Jeff and Mike how you didn't mention everybody how you guys were playing a drinking game every time somebody said tarot or tarot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 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 we barely got three standing. more tarot readers coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> tarot and six more tarot readers. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks. Good seeing you, man.
Um, yeah, no, this has been uh, it's been a it's been a fun conference. It really has. Yeah. A lot of great people. Jeff has been in a Yeti suit about four times. <laughs> Brody's been in it probably as many. Right. Uh, Bigfoot has made many appearances here, and you know what's funny? Not to ruin it, but um, it, remember last August, Tim, the uh, when when Bigfoot made the news, someone found the body. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we had those like ten seconds. Where we were like, "Oh my God, finally!" And then we were like, "Oh wait a minute, there'd be a bunch of high resolution photos, you know." But anyway, that suit was bought from a company um, that specializes in making these things, and we have that suit here today. And Brody and I have taken turns wearing it. And so is Adam Bly. Adam Bly. Adam I'm Bly wore Demonologist, too. and it's yeah. very weird to be wearing a suit and smelling some stinky. Like, yeah. This is a smelly <laughs> demonologist sweat on me right now. Yeah, it's, didn't clean it. It, it's, Actually, that's it's whole. Really, it's holy it sweat. Hot, but it's but much appreciated. I think people were pretty excited to see oh, yeah. Bigfoot at this. Uh, we this got conference. groped a lot. We, d- you know, honestly, it, there's something weird when you put on like a costume and you could be anybody. You do get groped, as we've learned, right. which is why I'm wearing it now. People have a Bigfoot fetish. They, they clearly do. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a good note to end it on. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh man, he got me coughing. Thank you guys so much for uh, for joining us and and for running the show up there, and yeah. I, I thought this worked out really well. I mean, I'd love to keep doing something like this in the future. No, this, <laughs> this was a one shot deal. Hey, Mike Brody's website is mikebrody.com. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, Mike Brody. Be, really spell spell Brody, Brody for everybody, Mike. B-R-O-D-Y. There you go. All right, and definitely check that out. And and Mike, are you going to be doing any shows down this way anytime soon? Uh, yeah, I'm coming. I got my schedule up on my MySpace, and uh, it's not on my webpage because the guy who does it is lazy and won't change it for me, but <laughs> it's on my MySpace. I know I'm going to be out east in the uh, next few months. Are you really? Yeah, Connecticut. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, we should get together. Okay. No, it's not. I know we will. <laughs> I hate you. Right, well, I hate you, too. Guys, Tim, you're the best. Thanks for thanks, having us on, yeah, man. It was fun. And hopefully you can make time next month to join us here in the studio, and yeah, we can capture totally. you on film at the same time here. I love coming down to see you guys. We, March messed us up, but yeah, I'll be back to normal next month. And uh, we have some inside info, Jeff. Uh, we talked to the the head uh, tech guy here at the station earlier tonight, and it looks like he's going to hook it up so we can actually live stream when we can't be on the air. Oh, awesome! So we Sounds might great, never man. have to miss another show again. Oh, excellent! Can't wait. Great, right. seeing you, great, great talking to you guys. Enjoy the rest of the great weekend. Seeing you in my mind. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank Good you. night, guys. And for everybody out there, we thank you for joining us. We thank you for hanging out with us as you do every Saturday night. We'll be back here next Saturday night. At least I think so. Well, hopefully we can get it all worked out so we can be here anyway. And remember, if you want to get a hold of us all week long, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com. You can post on the forum there. You can email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. We also have our MySpace, MySpace.com slash SpookySouthCoast. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash spooky sc and of course the television feed during the program justin.tv slash spooky south coast so i think i've covered all the places where we've insinuated ourselves around the internet all right that'll do it then for mike brody for jeff belanger for matt moniz wherever he is running around up there in new hampshire for the silent assassin matt costa i'm tim weisberg we want you all to stay spooktacular Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow. Tomorrow.